Okay, guys. Heidi, no announcements, right? Okay. Hey guys, so we've been talking about the church in Pergamum. And like I, we started that last night, and so we continue from there. And we're just focusing on one theme out of the whole um, text, and that was the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So we continue from last night. For those of you um, who don't know what happened uh, in the last teaching, go and listen to. Uh, Saturday night's teaching from yesterday, and that's the first part, and really helps then to understand the fullness of it, otherwise you only get part of it. So just to sum up some of the things we said yesterday, and the summary ain't as good as the preaching, eh? The preacher was brilliant last night. And so <laughs> so we were talking about Acts chapter 3, verse 12 to 16, and uh, we uh, talked about how Peter raised the man who was lame, and uh, the question was, how is it done today? And uh, there were three things we said. It was done, Peter says, that it was done through his name, as in through Jesus' name. Then he says it was done through faith in his name. And then he says it was done through faith which is by him. Strange how Peter in verse 16 uses all three things. Why do you stare at us as, as if we did something great? What just happened was done through his name. And earlier on, I think in verse 12, we actually, uh, earlier on it says in chapter 3, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what he says. And so it was done through his name. And then he says it was done through faith in his name. And then the third part he says is it was done through faith which is by him. Faith which is by him. And so we... We said three things yesterday, that the first part is that all the power that exists in the world resides in Jesus. And then the second thing we said was that to avail of that power, you have to exercise faith so that you can draw that power. And the third thing we said is that once you exercise faith to avail of that power, that power will fill whatever you direct it towards with strength and life. Those are three stages. Eh? And that's why throughout uh, this afternoon, every time I'm praying, I'm using these three as examples so that we understand how it works. The first thing is, and this is what Peter is basically saying, that the power that wrought the cure in the lame man resided in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. The power resided in Jesus' name. That's great. So all the power that exists in the world resides in Jesus. There is no power that is outside of Jesus. Anyone who exerts even a tiny amount of power is able to exert it simply because Jesus allows it. So there is no power outside of Jesus. All power is contained in Jesus. He may distribute it. He may allow it. But there is no power outside of him. All power resides in him. And so what happened to the cripple happened because... All power resides in Jesus. But Peter was smart enough after spending three years with Jesus to know that he can avail of that power by exercising faith. And that is the only way power can be 
accessed. Power is accessed or availed of by exercising faith. Otherwise, you do not have the power flow through you. When it does flow without the exercise of faith, it is the sheer grace of God. And thank God for that because there's plenty of that going around. But if you want to be active participants with God in what he's doing, then it is required of me that the power that is resident in the name of Jesus, and it's resident in the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus belongs to the person of Jesus. So it's not like the name is something separate. It is resident in the name of Jesus. I now exercise faith to avail of it, and then I direct it towards the crippled or the blind or the dead or a situation or a circumstance. I direct it towards that, and as I do, it comes to life, strength. Any questions on that? Gosh, this is so good to ask any questions on that. Online, when you ask questions on that, only Praful grunts. But this is good. No, not grunts, Praful answers. Any questions, guys? <laughs> you know, I've got to be nice to Praful. He can shut this whole thing down. Any any questions? Yeah. Romans thirteen and Deuteronomy thirty-two. Romans thirteen, Deuteronomy thirty-two. The question uh, was, Diana said, I have a horrible question. And then she said, why does God commit power to say um, the tyrant in North Korea? Pardon? Permit power to reside in uh, the tyrant in North Korea and so on. And so the answer you can find in one, uh, part of the answer is found in Deuteronomy 32. Part of the answer is found in Romans 13. And then part of the answer is found in Revelation. I'll just give it to you. So when you read all three and then uh, we can talk about it. Uh, Not right now. Uh, And then the last bit of the answer is found in Revelation 18. And then it goes on to say the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Christ and King. I think it's in Revelation 18. But Revelation 18 is the start of it. Let me see where that scripture is. Kingdoms. Does anyone want to know where that strict scripture is? Kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our God and King. Yeah, it's in Revelation 11, 15. It's an announcement that the kingdoms of the Earth are going to become the kingdoms of our God and King. And then Revelation 17, it begins, uh, Revelation 18, it starts happening. So read those three and then we can talk about it. Cool. So we said yesterday that the name comes from a Greek word, onoma, O N O M A H, and it actually means the authority that a person carries, the character that the person is uh, defined by, the influence the person has and the advantage the person possesses. This is why it's not healthy to name your child Apple. Because for God, name, naming people was important. Eh? So, no naming your child Apple. Hello. 
Not Apple, not Colorado, not Avalanche. Pardon? Peaches. <laughs> Don't let him name the child McKinnon either. Okay. So, so guys, onama means authority, character, advantage, uh, and influence. That's what the name means. So every time we say in the name of Jesus Christ, we're actually saying, hey, Jesus, when I use your name, I'm actually saying that whatever I'm going to speak right now comes out of your character. If it doesn't come out of your character, I have no right to use this name. As I use this name, I need to recognize that you have all authority. If I don't believe that, then the using of your name is like a mantra, like a chant. When I use your name, I must understand that you are someone who has tremendous influence. And as I speak your name, this influence will begin to wrap itself like a cocoon around what I'm directing it towards. And when I use your name, oh God, it gives me a distinct advantage. And like I said, there is power in Christ's name because there is power in Christ's person. So we're not separating the name from the person. But Peter specifically says, listen, there are three things you need to understand. That I do things through his name, I do things through faith in his name, I do things through faith which is by him. Names were prophetic, guys. Names were prophetic. They always carried meaning. Eve names her son Cain. There was a meaning to that name. Eve was named by God, saying to Adam, listen, name her Eve, mother of all things, Eva. Abraham, very specific. These names would let people know the intent of God. Manasseh, I have forgotten my sorrow. Ephraim, I shall have now double fruit in the land. Jesus, he is the one who saves. Peter, on this rock, so God began the world by naming things. He called it day and he called it night. Then after God named things, he called Adam and said, listen, I want you to do what I've always been doing. Here, start naming things. One of the coolest scriptures is when in Exodus 3, verse 13 and 14, Moses asks God, who shall I say sent me? And God replies, Moses says, what shall I tell them your name is? If they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is something we need to realize because we must understand that as we begin to go outwards, as this revival begins to catch globally, as church becomes 30 house churches by September, that it is I am who is sending us. If you were to ask the question of God today, okay God, so you want all these things done, you want this revival that you're igniting to spread globally, if they ask me what is your name, what shall we say? And God says, listen, tell them I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. When you look at Isaiah 45, 23, Isaiah 45, 23, you see that 
this is such a cool scripture. Isaiah 45, 23. Why are we focusing so much on this idea of the name? Because like I said yesterday, Jesus' name has become a bookend to prayer, uh, a bookend to a declaration. We do not pause to think about the weight of what we are saying. And I want us to come back to that place where every time we take that name, we take it thoughtfully, we take it with affection in our hearts, with the weight of truth in our minds. And it'll be hard to take his name any other way. Isaiah 45 verse 23. By myself I have sworn, and this is Yahweh speaking, by myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, and by me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. All who have raged against me and come to him shall be put, uh, all that have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. Now go to Philippians 2.9. You suddenly realize that Yahweh is Jesus Christ, as in it's not that Yahweh is someone else and Christ is someone else. Because in Philippians 2.9 it is said, Isaiah 45.23 is being borrowed, and in Philippians 2.9 look at what it says, 2.11. That the name of Jesus, every knee, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Whatever is true of the name of Yahweh is true of the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever is true of the name of Yahweh is true of the name of Jesus Christ. I pray God that we understand that the one who is sending us out is Yahweh himself. If you were in the Old Testament, somehow Jesus has become too familiar, he's become too friendly. But think of it in terms of Yahweh. The same one. What if you were Israel and God suddenly turns up and Jehovah begins to speak to you and say, hey, Acts 29, this is what I want you to do. I want you to know that I'm going to ignite a revival that will spread globally through 40 or 50 people that gather here as a church. And if he were to say that, it would be much easier to believe because we have some kind of awe for Yahweh, but Jesus has become too friendly. Hey, Shell. He's become too friendly. And yet it is the same Yahweh that then is reflected in Philippians 2, 9 and 10 where it talks about Jesus. Any questions, guys? Yeah, I'll stick with Jacob for now. Yeah. Are you going to explain what the um, the faith binding part means? I did yesterday. Yeah. So I won't be explaining it again. So Father, we just want to pause and acknowledge for a second that you, Jehovah, who we sometimes have more in awe of because of all the stories we hear in the Old Testament. That you, Jehovah, are the one that is saying to this church, listen, I'm sending you out, and if they ask you who sent you out, tell them that I am who I am, that I am who I am has sent you out. And oh God, we dare not say no to you. We want to walk as disciples ones who lay down their preferences, their prejudices, their self-determination, their thinking, their culture.
Of you, Jehovah, it was said that every knee shall bow. And of you, Jesus, it was said that every knee shall bow. We declare that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We are absolutely inadequate and incapable of this task. So we ask Holy Spirit that you would enable us, you would anoint us, you would stir us up to become who you want us to become so that you can spend us, so that you can spend us, so that you can spend us. Oh God, I ask that this church be spent or this church be shut down, that there be no in-betweenies, that either this church must be spent or this church must be shut down. There should be no other reason for our existence. Please hear my words. Please hold me to my words. Oh God, on behalf of this people, I say, either strengthen us to spend us or shut us down. There are other churches we can go to. Till we try it out on the streets, this is just teaching in the church. The strange thing is, guys, this name Jesus is born by a genuine member of our human race. We don't realize that, eh? That the name that we use is actually born by a genuine member of the human race. Jesus, son of man, forever man, forever God. 1 Timothy 2.5 refers to him as the only name that can save the name of Jesus Christ, the man. Why is that important? Because we need to realize how as we walk amongst men here, the name that we are using is actually born by a genuine um, member of our race in whose name we are saying, this battle was lost by Adam and in the name of Jesus Christ, we the sons of Adam take it back. It's important, guys. We always think it is God in heaven doing things. No, Jesus is saying, but I dwell in your midst. I want you to be little Jesus is doing exactly what I did. I came deliberately in human form. It is in my limited ability that I did things. You in your limited ability can do things too. I know I've done this before, but if you call Nick up, and Nick came and stood here, which he's going to do soon. And I was Jesus, of course. <laughs> so then, uh, when Jesus, you'll have to come here, because uh, when Jesus walked the earth, uh, what was the fundamental difference between Jesus and Nick? Nick today, born again, believer, and Jesus 2,000 years ago when he walked the earth. What is the fundamental difference? Not a trick question. Pardon? Sinless, but he is now sinless before God. What else? Relationship with the Father. He can have the same relationship with the Father. What else? Fully human. Fully human and fully God. But while I walked the earth, I was fully humans, exposed to the same temptations that he has, exposed to the same, I mean, Jesus was tempted not because uh, Satan was 
jobless. It was because he knew that if he could get Satan, could get Jesus to fall, then he would have had him. He did not rise from the dead. So, so fully human, me fully human, fully God, but fully human too. What else? Fully submitted to God. He's not fully submitted to God, so there are shortcomings in him. But he has a capacity to be fully submitted to God. Jesus had his father's purpose. Nick doesn't have the father's purpose yet, but Nick can have the father's purpose. Sinless. He is sinless before the father. Absolutely sinless. All sins paid for. Which is why if he dies tonight, he'll rise. There's no renewing of the mind yet. He's in the process of renewing of his mind. My mind is fully renewed as Jesus. But if you notice, everything we are saying, it comes to this simple thing, that everything Jesus was, Nick can be. He may not be it yet, but he can be. And that he, that Jesus, uh, that he is as full of the Holy Spirit as Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Same limitations. Cannot be two places at one time. Same limitations. Has to sleep. Sometimes he's so tired he goes to sleep in his boat. Same limitations. Everything that I have is an advantage he can have. That he doesn't have it is for different reasons. But it is not because he cannot have them. The only difference between him and me is very simple. I, if I want to, can live forever because I have not sinned. He will die. That is the only difference. Jesus could have lived on for ever. Why? Because he had never committed any sin. He could be living today if he wanted to. Nobody can take my life from me. I lay it down voluntarily. Nick and every other person will die because they were born in sin and have sinned. All this to say, when we use the name of Jesus, we need to recognize someone who is actually a genuine member of the race that we belong to. And he had to come down that way and say, use my name now because you lost it in Eden through Adam. You take it back here now in Vancouver through who I am with you. Thanks, Nick. Go and sin no more. And when you speak his name, uh, make sure you speak it publicly. We, uh, Acts 29 should begin to use Jesus' name publicly more and more and more. Avoid the word God. Go for the name Jesus. As long as you need, use God, you won't see who is accepting and who is rejecting. You won't, you won't have any fight back as long as it is God. Begin to use the name Jesus and you will know Judas who dips his hand in the bowl and you will know John who leans on your bosom but we have to use the name Jesus we cannot continue using the name God there is something to the name of Jesus that is so offensive and that is so life-giving Yeah, but we have to, I find using the name God so helpful because it avoids any pushback. Use the name of Jesus and you always get pushback. 
It is the only name. There is something about that name that is, I mean, just think of it. Matthew one twenty one. Name him Jesus. Why? Because he saves the earth. Matthew one twenty three. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 16, 16, you are Jesus Christ, the anointed prince sent by God. This is continuous reference to Jesus. Revelations 19, 13, king of kings, the word of God. Use the name Jesus. I'm not telling you to do something that I'm doing. I'm telling you to do something that we should all do because my God, God is so easy to God. But the name of Jesus has something in it that immediately brings life. As it says in 2 Corinthians 1 or 2 Corinthians 2, to some he becomes the fragrance of life. To others he becomes the aroma of death. But God used the way we do it sufficiently diluted right now is so neutral that it has almost become politically correct. When you use his name, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying this and I pray God that we all try this. When you use his name, Consider in your mind the weight of the truth of his name and consider in your hearts the affection you have for him so that every time you use the word Jesus, it begins to now cause affection in your heart and the weight of his truth in your mind. Because at present when we use Jesus, we do not think. It's been very difficult for me over these last couple of weeks to pause and think of the name Jesus because I've been using it for 32 years, almost like a full stop or a comma. In the name of Jesus. I don't want to affix a stamp to the things I say. I want to consider what I'm saying. And as I do, something will begin to work inside of me. And something will begin to work through me to the outside. And may the Spirit of God help us, eh? Because the mind sometimes is not able to compute someone as marvelous as Jesus who fills the entire universe and then some. Acts chapter 3. When you read Acts chapter 3, you see that the man was laid daily at the gate. So Peter would have seen him before. This was not the first time Peter is seeing him. That man used to be brought daily and laid at the gates of the temple, at the beautiful gate of the temple. Peter would have passed this man many times before without healing him. Because he used to go to the temple almost daily. The Bible says so. And he'd go by and he wouldn't heal him. But that day as he looked at him, that day as he looked at him, faith to heal him came through Jesus. You see that in verse 16. I looked at him and there was faith that arose in me. There was something that happened that day. I'd like to say to you, know your day. Know your day and the faith he has given you to outwork Isaiah 61 on a particular day at a particular time. And when you know that day, act on it. Yesterday I was walking uh, near my place and I saw this woman and uh, she looked like the woman in, the, um, in Central Park in Home Alone. I don't know whether that means anything to you, but uh, uh, there's this woman in Central Park in Home Alone that uh, 
the kid gets scared of. She looked exactly like that. All that was mus- missing was a few pigeons. And so she's there uh, in the middle of the um, Marine Gateway thing, and she's on her knees, and she's got her head on a bench, and she's shaking her head. And I'm thinking to myself, should I, should, I, should I go? What should I do? Should I pray? Should I go? Should I, what do I do? What does she need? And then I'm trying to check, Father, is this the day? Do you want me to do something for her? Do I have the faith for it? Sometimes when you see a lame man, a blind man, a deaf man, a dead person, do what Peter did. Father, is this the day when I now have the faith to reach out to this person and do Isaiah 61 in this person's life? And what does Isaiah 61 say? Preach the good news to the poor. Set the oppressed free. Set the captive free. Open blind eyes. Heal the sick. Is this the day? But I can only do this if I'm out there, not in here. And it's happening through all your lives. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying we are just going to get so deliberate and intentional about this. Why is it that Peter didn't heal him the day before? Was it a lack of faith? I don't think so. This is the same guy who walked on water, who had healed before, who had seen bread multiply. There are days when God will bring people to your notice and you will have in you what it takes to do whatever needs to be done. That is when people are not asking. Here was a guy asking for money. He could have easily given him money and walked away. No, he didn't. He knew what had to be done. Satan will try to introduce doubt with an if. Satan will try to introduce doubt, doubt with an if. If you think this works, how come your neck is still hurting? That is one of his favorite tricks, eh? Oh, you're going to heal this guy? What about your shoulder? Hey, my shoulder does not matter. I got a good God who is a healer. I'm taken care of. That ain't going to decide what God wants to do in someone else's life. It is a lie. Resist it. Resist it. Just because you have not overcome an obstacle, does that mean you will never help? Out of question, man. You don't have to be Lewis Hamilton before you teach someone how to drive. That's a lie. Never fall for that lie that if you think this works, how come your neck is hurting? Or, oh really, your God heals? How come you're not emptying hospitals? I've heard these ones. I'm giving you personal ones. How come you're going out to heal when nothing happened last time? That's when in the face of fear, we begin to pray Acts 4.28, where we say, oh God, stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hand. And in the name of your holy servant, Jesus, give us the boldness. And as we go begin to speak, as we go out there and begin to speak the name of Jesus, give us the boldness by stretching out your hands in signs and wonders, Acts 4.28 and 29. You know, the Bible says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name as in, oh God, may your name be honored. May your name be valued. May your name be desired. May your name be loved. How does that happen? It happens only when the kingdom is displayed through the people of God. You cannot hallow God's name if the kingdom does not come. If the kingdom does not come, his name will not be hallowed. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. Jesus said this to them.
As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. What was the intent? Hey guys, show them that the kingdom is here. One of the ways you hallow God's name is by letting people know that the king who has brought in a kingdom from the future into the present is actually here and is working through me. He is a genuine member of the human race as much as he is God. And in the name of Jesus, in whom is resident all power for everything, from being saved to being healed, to opening blind eyes, to raising the dead, to bringing comfort, to rest restoration, everything, all power is resident in the name of Jesus. And I now have the ability and the training to exercise faith in a good God and avail of that power and now draw it and direct it to you so that you may be strengthened, you may be saved, you may be healed, you may be restored. This is what we do deliberately, intentionally, every day for the rest of our lives. And then it begins to mushroom, it begins to grow. But we cannot do this if Christ remains in the church. And we must do everything to dismantle the church in which Christ is. <laughs> Sorry, that came out wrong. We must do everything to dismantle the church that keeps Christ within. We must do everything in our power to dismantle the church that keeps Christ inside. Hold me to it, guys. And I'll hold you to it. That we'll do everything in our power to dismantle a church that keeps Christ inside. If his kingdom does not come, his name will not be hallowed. If his will is not done, his name will not be hallowed. Now what is his will for us? Very simple. Acts 26, verse 17 and 18 from the message. Acts 26, verse 17 and 18 from the message. I'm almost done, guys. I've got three more lines to go, but that could take very long. Hey. <laughs> Acts 26, 17 and 18 from the message. Guys, you came too early today. The coffee is kind of warm. Just make sure you come on time, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Acts 26, verse 17 and 18 from the message. Look at this. Eh? It's written so well. What is his will for us? This is his will for us. I am sending you off. I'm sending you off. To please uh, memorize this verse from the message. Please memorize it. I haven't yet, so please memorize it from the message because it really spreads it out and it's longer. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. To, the see, to see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to press in my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family, inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. I mean, sure, I have an accent, but you don't have to play it loudly. <laughs> Let me try again, guys. Sorry for that distraction. Acts 26, 17, and 18 from the message. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. See the difference between Satan and God 
and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family. Beautiful. Inviting them into the company of those who begin real living but believing in me. Beautiful, eh? Memorize it, guys. Memorize it. Hi, George. Memorize it. This is the will of God for us. Guys, the devil doesn't let go of flesh unless you force him to. The devil doesn't let go of flesh unless forced to. Meaning when Satan takes someone captive, be it mind, body, soul, emotions, he doesn't let go of flesh till he is forced to. It should pain me. It should pain me because I have been set free. Someone came and helped me. Jesus stepped in. The devil was forced to let go. Look at our lives, man. How he's changed it. How he's redeemed it. How he's fixed it. How he's continuously healing it. How he's forgiving. How he's washing. How he's renewing. How he's making better. But millions upon millions upon millions that the devil has a hold on. And you need to know and I need to know that the devil doesn't let go of flesh unless he is forced to. And the only one name that has the power to force him and crush his head is the name of Jesus. And the only ones who can exert it are the ones who have faith in him. There's just no other way around it. There's only one name, Genesis 3.15. Crushed his head. And then promises us the same thing in Romans 16.20. That a day is soon coming when he will crush the serpent's head under whose feet? Our feet. Romans 16.20. You need someone mightier than Satan to do this. And you have him. You have both the person of Jesus and the name of Jesus. In that name is resident all the power of the entire universe. Resident in that name. You need someone mightier than Satan who can force him to let go of flesh. Prashant was telling me of a story where there was a girl in Punjab that was um, demonized and how he and the others started praying for her over Zoom and how she was miraculously set free. And not only was she set free, there was physical evidence of her healing a week later. Heidi and I know of a woman who recently came to us whose daughter was plagued and um, was demonically oppressed. And uh, the lady left a message on my phone saying, I just want you to know that things have been healed. This is already happening through us. I'm just saying let it happen through all of us on a regular basis. There's another girl who was um, in dire circumstances wanting to uh, take her life and someone from this church went and helped her where she's now look f looking forward to life. Satan does not let go of flesh unless forced to. 
And you and I have the only name that can force him to. It must be spoken boldly. It must be spoken openly. It must be spoken every day. It must be taken out there. One of the saddest verses in the book of Jeremiah, I think, is Jeremiah 8.22. Jeremiah 8.22. Look at what it says. eh? Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Is there no balm in Gilead? Of course there is balm in Gilead. Change the word Gilead to Vancouver. Is there no balm in Vancouver? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? For the house of Israel and for the Gentiles. For the lack of a better way of saying it. For the insiders and the outsiders. And let not your completion of healing stand in the way of distributing healing to others. Eh? And when I say healing, I mean the complete restoration of the person. Is there no balm in Gilead? Our answer should be, there is balm in Gilead. And we have the name. We have that name. There are Syrophoenician women waiting with their daughters, pleading, saying, please, please, uh, just crumbs. Just crumbs, throw me the crumbs. Our response should be, we are going to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Don't use exactly that scripture. Any questions? My God, man, this place should be resounding with stories that happened during the week. And it will. We will not go back to the old way of doing church. Refuse to. Sundays will be a time, not, oh, let us gather together and celebrate the Lord. No, it'll be a, a time where we, uh, we, where we actually recount what happened during the week. Sheldon, sit on the keyboard. Yeah, so I would say go with heal today and don't wait for is this day. But there might be these occasions where there's a man who is crippled that you see every day. And then one day you'll have the surge inside you knowing. So don't wait for that day. Pray for him every day. But one, there are days when you will know. That my God, man, like you're getting the lottery today. Yeah. There are those days, like uh, yeah, I was in um, the house of the governor of a province in Indonesia. He's not a believer, and uh, I go in with his son, and while we are talking i he he died just two months ago. This happened about 11, 11 or 12 years ago. I go into his room and he has a knee that doesn't bend. It's very painful. So the governor would be like the premier of the province. And so I'm in there and just by a word of knowledge, I know his knee is not working. And 
with the word of knowledge that his knee is not working comes this tremendous assurance that if you right now speak, the knee will be healed. And um, I tell him that his knee is not working and he says it's been going on for many years. And then I said it'll be healed and within 20 seconds, um, it was healed. And I remember thinking to myself, Father, how is it that you are so sh how is it that I'm so sure that the knee will be healed? Because normally you would pray, you would labor in prayer. There was no laboring in prayer. Guy's knee got healed. He did the strangest thing. He gave us police escorts for the rest of the time there. This is a Muslim country, and the police escort had digital displays on the digital displays for the next one week. It kept saying, Blessed revival, please come. And I have pictures of that, that in the, in the largest Muslim country of the nation, there are police escorts that are announcing a Christian festival. There's another guy in Shillong. His ear, uh, I've got pictures of all this. He, his ear is oozing pus and he comes up and as he comes up and he says, my ear is oozing pus, I know that nobody even needs to touch him and he'll get healed. So I just start weeping because I cannot understand the power that is present to heal. I'm saying your ear is healed, and as I'm saying his ear is healed, someone kept taking quick shots, like click, 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 and you can see the guy going down on his knees, weeping, and the ear completely healed. Like, didn't even touch him. Sometimes you know that, yes, I need to pray, I need to pray strong, and then other times you know, <laughs> you have so much faith on some days that you know that, you just need to say. There's another guy, and I was thinking of the story when I was thinking of you guys, which is why I said go to the doctors. Um, uh, he's probably watching this, so I won't mention his name, but he'll probably text me. He and his wife call me up and they say that they haven't had a baby for seven or eight years. Um, and so they said, pray. And all I can say with absolute surety is, well then, go have a baby tonight. I'm not kidding you, man. They're listening to this. They can probably text me. So they, so they called me. And I said to them, well then, go have a baby tonight. They did. What do you do? Some things, you have the faith for it. All of us have experienced it at different times. I'm saying that is how it looks like heaven. So let's just hum these songs, sing these songs, ho-hum this song, mumble these songs. They're all about the name of Jesus. Try A, and then you'll have to keep changing to accommodate me. One name holds weight above them all. Anytime soon, It'll come up on the screen. Hey, can we go to F? It's too high. F. Praful. Come on, man. Can't do this. Like, I was really flowing. Everyone stood up, man. You don't know how hard I worked on these PowerPoints. Is the pressure enough now? Don must be thinking I should be here.
This delay is because of Prafula. Uh, Okay, guys, pull out your phones while Praful works on that. Ooh. Yeah, or you can read that book. Yeah. Ooh. One name holds weight above them all. His fame outlasts the earth he formed. One more time. One name holds weight above them all his fame outlasts the earth he <laughs> lift up our eyes see the king has come light of the world reaching out for us there is no other name, there is no other name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Seated on high, undefeated one, mountains bow down as we lift him up. There is no other name, there is no other name, Jesus Christ our God. Your name is the light that... Sh how, do, how does that song go? No, how does the song go? Your name is a light that shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. One more time. Your name is a light that shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive. Forever lifted high, your name cannot be overcome. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ our King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ our King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. And royal diadem and crown him 
Lord of bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. His name is exalted far above the earth. His name is high above the heaven. His name is exalted far above the earth. Give glory and honor and praise unto his name. No other name but the name of Jesus. No other name but the name of the Lord. No other name but the name of Jesus is worthy of glory, is worthy of honor, is worthy of power and all praise. You know, guys, the thing is, we know his name is worthy of glory and honor, but the people outside don't, and they only know when they experience what you and I have experienced. Just two more or three more songs and we're done. Hey, you're feeling sleepy? Me too. She's yawning, standing here and yawning. Pardon? Oh, she just woke up, okay. <laughs> Father, I think we can stop singing. There's too many songs. So we're going to quit right now. So how do you want us to end? I think you'd like us to end with anyone who wants to just come up to the mic and say what they're going to do with your name in the week ahead. And we'll end that way. How I think that's how we'll end. We'll just, we'll just come and tell you what we plan to do with what we've heard about your name and how we want to respond this week with your name. And then we'll end that way. Cool. So guys, feel free to come and say what you want. You'll do with the name this week. And we can quit. I think I'm going to take that song, No Other Name, and put it on my phone as an alarm every morning. And, it, and so I just wake up to No Other Name. Or I want to sing it every day anyway. Cool. It's worth doing this, guys, so don't hesitate. It's nothing like saying something publicly to God and then gives you an added impetus to do it. I'm going to remind myself what we've learned and try to memorize those verses that Jacob recommended. Yeah. I'm going to choose intentionally choose to believe in the power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Good stuff.
Um, I want to not shy away from using the name of Jesus, especially with others. And I, every time I use the name, I really want to think about what that, the weight of what the name carries. Yeah. I feel like I had a missed chance to use his name this week, which was already a second chance. But I, leave, I think he's giving me a third chance, so I'm going to look for this person and use his name. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to intentionally use his name when I'm speaking to other people and change um, how I bring him into my conversations. Cool, man. Bonnie Henry said guys can also come up and speak. All good? Anyone else? Father, just wanna just wanna be able to heal the sick in your name, both yeah. spiritually and Beautiful. physically this week, Father. Yeah. I'm not a guy, but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanna wield your name, Jesus, as the most powerful sword I can ever hold and will hold. Yeah, man. Sorry? Guys, if anyone online is saying anything, Don said something. He said, awesome teaching, Jacob. Loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you asked. Otherwise, I'd have kept it to myself. Anyone else? Oh, you can do this. You do this whenever you want. I asked for a PowerPoint and I had to cut it short. I'm going to focus on a different characteristic of Jesus' name every day so I can mediate, meditate on it and see God bring it into action and be obedient to that during the day. Cool. I'm choosing to believe every day is the day for Isaiah 61. And yes, Don and Emily. Okay. Anyone else? Going once. Yes, it's a little bit scary to ask, but I'm going to ask God for an opportunity to just show the power of the name of Jesus just to one other person so they can know it like I know it. Come, pray that and we land. Come on, pray into that and end the service. Pray for all of us, huh? not just for you. Selfish fellow. Okay. About you've been talking about your name is a powerful name. Jesus is a powerful name. And we all know it. I know we can all grow in it, but we want to share this power with others. Yeah. We know that it will never stop for us, but it's most important that we can share it with those who don't know it like we know it. Yeah. So Father, give us these opportunities just one person a week for yeah. each of us. Yeah. And it will soon become 
one person a day, one person an hour, whatever, whatever it may yeah, be. Man. And it will grow. It will spread like wildfire. Yeah. So Jesus, we know this is scary for all of us to ask about. Just yeah. start with one person this week for each of us. Yeah. So they can know your name yeah. as a powerful healer, deliverer, savior, yeah. Lord of all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. That's a wrap. You can hang around for four or five minutes.